Hello, degenerates. Welcome to episode four of the Nosebleeds podcast presented by Old Row Sports. I'm your host, Alden. We've got Nick Watts, Gonzo, and Kuzi with us today. We have got an amazing show. We're going to be talking latest breaking news in sports, as always. Uh, first of uh, installment of our conference preview section for college football as we dive into the Pac-12. Uh, best bet wins. Uh, we got a great show, so make sure you stick with us. Uh, we can't wait to kick this episode off, so sit back and enjoy the nosebleeds. Welcome back to episode four of the Nosebleeds podcast. Uh, we're talking some breaking news in sports, as always. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott has tested positive for COVID-19. Brittany, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Did you say, what is the Brittany joke? Talk, Godzo. Yeah. Talk. Oh, he changed it. He changed it. <laughs> <laughs> right away this time. Oh, nice. Basically, it got leaked that Zeke got tested tested positive for COVID. He's not so happy about it. You know, he started going on and tweeting the whole HIPAA thing. Wait, hold um, on. I, I got to yeah. stop you right there. Are you drinking at 8.45 and 9.45 in the morning? It would be 10.45 at his time. Oh, I guess oh wow. Yeah. Oh, well, fuck. I'm not going to be the only one not drinking. <laughs> yeah. All right, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, I mean, Zeke tests positive for COVID. I'd like to talk not about how it affects the team or how the information got out. I want to know where Zeke Elliott contracted coronavirus because – At Dax's party, for sure. Yeah, I mean, this could be affecting me. Like, obviously, Zeke Elliott and I, we're about, like, two degrees of separation away from, like, our circles, you know, like – yeah, I run with some big timers here in Dallas. So, like, where is Ezekiel Elliott getting coronavirus, and how do I avoid that? Right. Well, well I think I've... that's a fair question, and I also think, like, uh, I think, I mean, well, you got to tell us what big timers do you run with that run in the same circles as Zeke? Uh, Burger. I mean, I'm not a name dropper, but like Duke Alonthic, um, you know, Nurk Dewitsky. Uh, <laughs> Wait, Pac, what's that? Pac Drescott, you know, I, the, I'm not going to drop names, but you know, you can put the put two and two together. What was the Michael Jordan one? It's like uh, Mike Hab Jorbol or some shit like that. It, they made a bunch of fake dolls in China, like when Michael Jordan was hot and they couldn't use his real name, so like they had to make like an imposter Michael Jordan. Um, well, oh, it's Nyquil. It's like Nyquil, um, Nyquil Johnson or something. I'm not going to use my friend's actual name, but when we were making fake IDs just on, uh, like in high school, just using like, we were uploading them and then changing around the letters on the ID. My friend made his Jordan, N-O-R-D-A-N. Mine was Bobby Hannigan, which was this fake guy. 
that uh, we, my friends and I made up and we would go around telling people like he's basically our high school boogeyman. We'd be like, dude, you better watch out for Bobby Hannigan. He's going to come over and he beats up high school kids. And like, you kind of look like an Irish kid. I hung out with a lot of Irish kids. I went to a middle school that was like basically hundred percent Irish because it's like an Irish Catholic school. A mascot was the Irish and it's like in the most Irish neighborhood in San Francisco. For him, though, what's wild is, you know, he was definitely like, he definitely called over some sort of groupie because an NFL player could not go outside like right now without a mask or taking precautions. And I doubt they even go outside because they have all these people working for them. Like Zeke probably has like 12 different people to do shit for him all the time. If he wants groceries, he's not going out and getting groceries, which definitely means he was fucking around with somebody. I think Hot Girl Summer in Dallas might be threatened. Like, if you think Zeke probably bangs, like, nines only. So, you have to think that the amount of people he's affected with his coronavirus before he found out, like, pool season might be in jeopardy just because yeah. of Ezekiel Elliott. So, we're putting quarantine cuties on the hot seat right now. Exactly. Again. Again. <laughs> More like hot girl bummer, am I right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, I think. I mean, I think if if Zeke needs some advice on like you know, he could just call me up. So I'll. I think come I on a pod, him. coward. Yeah. Hey, yeah, like, Zeke. I know you're. I know you're listening. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is an official <laughs> invitation for Ezekiel Elliott to come out and uh, try and figure out how to beat Corona. Brought to you by Alden. Yeah, I'll give him but some it, tips. You know. And we're the only fair, fair news source around here these days. You know, you can't trust anybody else. Right. We're going to give it to you straight. We give you cold, <laughs> hard facts. That's what we do here. Oh, I'm, I'm more, like, concerned, though, about how it affects, like, I mean, I was thinking about picking him up in my fantasy football team. I'm sure Gonza has done some new mock drafts since, <laughs> since, <laughs> since, <laughs> since the news. Is is yeah, fantasy football extraordinaire over here. Uh, Gonzo, I actually won my league last year. Yeah. Against uh, Texas Tech rec, rep Grant Caravelli, yeah, I offered him like midway through our championship, we were tied with like an equal number of players to go, and I offered him to split it, and he said no, <laughs> and uh, he had two players I had one, and one of his was George Kittle, but Rahi Mostart two second half touchdowns took me to the title, yeah, and it was like go. an eight hundred dollar difference, yeah. My man, I fucking love Raheem Mostert. Dude, did you guys see, though, the new, uh, like, the mock-ups of the football helmets? They basically look like Halo masks. Yeah, I saw, oh, I saw yeah. the one for the Bears. Those look sick, actually. People were making fun of them, but I was like, dude, imagine just, like, a field full, field full of, like, fucking stormtroopers. Wait, are these, like, around. Corona? Like, Corona? Yeah, they have, like, a, they have, like, a, oh, shit. a mask, I mean, like, like connected to them. Like, Oakley visor helmets kind of thing. Yeah, they actually Hell, look like, yeah. they look like helmets that, like, stormtroopers would wear for sure exactly like that would be sick i mean the carnage with those you could do with those things would be unreal so like, when miles CTE garrett takes do, his helmet so off far. to swing it at someone like it would be twice as deadly oh yeah covid football. but yeah no i also saw ones well like the thing is is that the helmets are a little bit far-fetched just because it's like look all these guys are literally rubbing up against each other constantly especially like if you're on the line like there's literally not a play where you're not touching somebody so the idea that like somehow we're, the helmets are going to stop the spread of it is kind of absurd that's the kind of the thing that i've been like 
questioning in soccer. Like I was watching the Premier League and they were saying that like their goal celebrations have to be socially distanced. And I'm like, what is the point of that? Because they're all like touching each other when they're on the field. They're all in the locker room. They're all like, like is, is having a socially distanced goal celebration really going to like prevent COVID? Like definitely not. Yeah. Speaking of which, my uh, Tottenham Hotspur, they're coming back to Uh, Jose is going to lead us to Champions League again. Not really, but I hope so. That was Liverpool play yet? Uzi, you got to be excited for Liverpool to wrap things up soon. Yeah, I mean, if City had lost to Arsenal yesterday, we could have uh, locked it up against Everton, which would have been fantastic. Merseyside Derby winning the league, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be theoretically done by next Wednesday uh, with two wins. So it's only a matter of time. Uh, first Premier League title ever, first English league title in 30 years. So it's uh, it's been a really nice stretch, you know. It'll be our fourth trophy this season, and we'd love to see that. Yeah, I don't even – I see, the thing is, like, I never watched, like, soccer until – quarantine but like the only reason i'm watching it is because it's literally the only thing on but i think now like i think now i'm actually going to probably watch it after it ends like it's much more entertaining than i had always assumed become a spurs supporter be disappointed constantly it'll be fun <laughs> um i will it, say do you know story, so you want to get in when you know a team is down that's when yeah. i got in on liverpool eighth seventh seventh three years in a row and uh I wanted a big club, and obviously you don't want to be a winner picker. So, yeah, Tottenham actually is not a not a bad club to latch onto right now. Uh, for me, the re- the way I got into soccer is again like in middle school. I went to a super Irish school, so they all uh, like soccer. They all had their teams, and so to make fun of them, I was like, "Oh, soccer is so stupid!" And like I literally like get up just to troll them at like five a.m. And I'd get up and start watching the games, and I would troll them. And I was like, I'm going to pick the dumbest team name I can find. And I found Tottenham. And then I just started rooting for them. I was, you know, like in the, uh, the, uh, in the other guys, when Mark Wahlberg becomes a ballerina to make fun of all the kids in his neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's basically how I got into soccer, like in seventh grade. So, yeah. Gonzo, you watching any soccer or no? No, man, I gave up after that capper gave me, like, I lost, like, five bets in a row, and I just gave up watching soccer after <laughs> He's too busy I should be your capper, caps. dude. Yeah, yeah. I if you get a bet on soccer, just ask me. It was awesome, man. You don't get a nickname like Lockatron for nothing. <laughs> well, well, speaking of asking you, you know, Kuzi, I, I got to say, you know, I – I saw your statement that you made the other day. Um, what's going on with the Red Pandas? I, I've got to know what's going on there. Uh, yeah, so for those who don't know, I'm in a pretty intense Dynasty League baseball team uh, that I started with a uh, few friends four years ago. It's 14 teams, 40-man major league rosters, 20 minor league slots. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I spent the off season really going all in. I came in second last year. Uh, the reigning champ has won three years in a row, and I assembled a team that you know was ready to to win it all. But one of the big uh, additions I made was trading for Miguel Sano. Oh God! Who, uh, if you don't someone? know 
Yeah, I mean, Miguel Sano has been well known. They made an HBO documentary about him about nine years ago when he was 17 years old, all about the process of, you know, getting signed by a major league team when you're coming from the Dominican Republic, whatever. But uh, he's, you know, had his run-ins with the law, and now there's some kidnapping allegations. But, uh, you know, as an organization, the Red Pandas wanted to get ahead of it. Um, you know, I, at the time, I'm not planning on making a roster move, but, uh, you know, things changed. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but um, uh, it's very concerning. Uh, Why did you choose Santa Clara of all cities? Shout out the Bay Area, by the way. But Well, originally the Red Pandas were based out of Biloxi, uh, Mississippi. And after year one, uh, we tried to build a new stadium. We weren't getting any help from the Biloxi <laughs> government. So Santa Clara actually opened us with open arms, and we moved there. We've been there for three years now. We play at uh, Sierra Nevada Park in Santa Clara. It's a great time. Come on out. Bring the friends. Bring the family. Um, come Maybe see the get Red kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, we're so loaded. I still think we can win it this year. Speaking of Santa Clara, we were going to talk about Debo Samuel, but he's going to be out for 12 to 16 weeks, which sucks. I think Debo Samuel is one of those players, too, that, like, is universally pretty liked. Like, he's got a ton of swag, always, like, dresses up in, like, the fucking Louis Vuitton and, like, goes by the hot boys. Yeah, That is such a, like, naive San Francisco take. Like, the people (laughs) don't give a fuck about Debo Samuel. Or they like, like I know Debo, but no one's no one's ever Carolina. like fuck Debo. No one's like fuck Debo Samuel. Yeah, everyone's like I have no opinion on Debo Samuel. That's what the like everyone in the world has that opinion. <laughs> Except for I like point two percent of the population. Hey man, go hot boys. No, Debo was but, a fantasy. He was a fantasy darving last year. Oh, God. here comes Josh. <laughs> with the yeah. I care more about our roster because we just traded away Emmanuel Sanders. Now Debo is going to be out for 12 to 16. So we're probably going to need to pick you, somebody up. You traded the Emmanuel or Sanders? Or did he, he's free he's agent. No, he's he free agent. That was my bad. Yeah. I so mean, honestly, though. Did you make any moves at wide receiver? Brandon, are you? No. Oh, yeah, we drafted Brandon from Arizona State. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that he looks, he looks pretty good. Yeah, and in the first round, I think it was, like, pick 31. That was the 31st pick. Um, but we also got rid of – or, yeah. Honestly, we, we I traded, really we traded say the, I know anything about him. Yeah, he just he just looks fast. I didn't know anything about him either yeah, until we drafted big, him. He's a big, uh, like, run-after-the-catch kind of guy. Like, kind of like Debo, how he could just turn anything into, like, a big play. Yeah. So. And then we traded away DeForest Buckner, which is going to suck. He averaged 32 yards on kick returns last year, which you got to love that. Oh, he averaged 16 yards per punt return last year. Woo! Sheesh. No, he's a playmaker. Like he's Yeah. He's wow, strong. that's exciting. And then I mean the good down. thing though is we're we're only in June, so he's probably going to be back. I mean, who knows if football's even going to happen, but well, if it does, he's going to be back all by, like, week 3. Don't Yeah. Say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't even fucking put that into existence. But I mean, even if we start on time, bit. he's going to be back by like what week? What is that? Like week three, week four? Well, the thing yeah, is, San like Francisco's that. talking about putting him on the reserve POP list, 
which is going to cost them at least the first six games. Hmm. I'd rather him get back fully healthy. Because it's a broken foot. Like, that thing. I mean, we've seen that so many times in, like, other sports. Like, Kevin Durant, for example. Like, they rushed him back, and he ended up with an even more serious injury because they rushed him back. So, yeah, it's probably better to just let him I mean, it happened to Greg Olson two years in a row. And two different times he uh, came back early and then missed, like, an additional eight weeks. And it's one of those things where you're just running and, like, no contact at all. It'll just fuck up, you know? Yeah. So. For the Warriors, like, obviously they rush back their uh, Kevin Durant. But the thing was, is, like, wouldn't you, if you were trying to – if you were competing for a championship, like, he, he – Yeah, they knew he injured. was leaving. Yeah, and they knew he was yeah. leaving anyway, yeah. They knew he was leaving. <laughs> they were like, fuck you, go, go win us another championship. And it didn't work out, but – It kind of reminds thing. me of uh, Big Cat last night putting in uh, Rico Burgerton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, putting Burgerton in the last game. Yeah, even though he has, like, like – 98 – Medium chance of uh, getting re-injured, but yeah, that was a Burgerton was Burger, Rico Burgerton was trending on Twitter last night along with Doug's. It was wild, dude. There were one hundred fifty-six thousand people watching it. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited for. Uh, I want him to go to Wisconsin really badly. I know he will eventually, but if he does, I'm gonna get him one of these. I hope he gets one of these hats. Well, I saw he got the, the feels line. like ninety-eight hat. They lost to like never whatever Georgia, a ranked Georgia team. So. They obviously didn't have like that bad of a season. <laughs> yeah, 2008 year was a good. 18 year was a good year. Not in real life though. We actually sucked <laughs> in 2018. We were like seven, eight and five. Well, a lot of teams would take eight and five. Nick Watts, especially true. FIU. Ooh, yeah. The yeah. best thing that ever happened to FIU was that fight against Miami, like 13 years ago. Beyond then, FIU beat Miami last year, bro. Oh, that, actually, yeah, but, yeah, that that was that last year. It was last year, yeah. Thirty. Wow. 30, I think was the final score. Dude, that was, that's hilarious. Yeah. Like, I mean, no offense, but for FIU to beat Miami, I don't know what that says hilarious. more about FIU's program or Miami. I think it it says more about how bad Miami's been than than anything. I yeah, think Miami's curtains. I'm I'm very happy I go to a Power Five school, but I will say. Like if you're if you go to a mid major and your team makes a run at anything, like I have friends that go to Loyola Chicago, and when they oh, made man. the final four, they, like I would love to be on campus for that because they were just saying like, yeah, it was it was nothing in college will ever beat that experience. Dude, for them. SMU started eight and zero last year. That shit was fucking awesome. Yeah, and then we lost to Memphis by like three points, and our best wide receiver got hurt like in the first quarter of the game. If he doesn't get hurt. We win that game, and you know who knows. Yeah, who knows? It, it's too bad though because like you brought it up a couple weeks ago. Like even if SMU went undefeated, they still aren't going to make the playoffs. So it kind of sucks. I mean, but for basketball, it's a little bit different, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. there's a chance. Yeah, and I'm so over just like the current setup with one and duns and people going to the G League now. Like college basketball is just dying. Well, we were yeah, talking we were about, talking we about saw, that. We saw it from the players' perspective. I mean, the NCAA is fucking them over. I yeah, think that I they should be made them, to but... play more than one. I think one and done is a stupid rule because that really just is well, basically the NCAA saying they don't care about them as students to let them do I that. I think they should be able to go to the NBA out of high school again. Yeah. And then, then you like make players to go to college stay for at least one year or for yeah. two years. They can, yeah, they can decide whether they want to come right out. But if they go to college, they have to stay. I, I, that's my perspective too 
yeah, I'd obviously love to see the superior talent, but it's more just like, um, why not just have it completely separated in the sense of like, these players are college basketball players and these players are NBA players again, as opposed to these players are NBA players in waiting, you know, which is what it is with one and done. And obviously the one and dones care about their teams and they care about winning, but everybody knows that their, their main goal, and, and it should be your main goal is to go to the NBA, but the current setup just doesn't let the, like the passion's just not the same for, for college basketball anymore, which is why if it were separated, you might be seeing a, um, a worse product on the court, but at the same time, the teams would be more in unison with the coaching and at the, with the time that they're there. So you might actually see some like, I don't know, better team basketball. Yeah. I just feel like that's only applicable to basketball. Cause like we, oh, we yeah. like last week, like football's a lot more physical basketball is a lot more finesse so like you could transition easier from being an 18 year old who's balling up you know guys that are five six five eight and then transitioning to the nba because it's finesse it's not based on physicality like football like you'll get fucked up if you get some 18 year old who's six one you know i think you brought it up last week nick that this wide receiver that's balling out and then he's going to go play against jalen ramsey he's going to get torn apart week one of the nfl yeah i think so much of football too is like learning how to play i mean everyone's a stud in high school but you have to learn like i mean blocking schemes you have to learn route running like even if you are like let's say lebron james i mean physically he if he stuck with football could have gone to the nfl theoretically like right out of high school but it's more so how much you know the game like they say the toughest or the top two positions to like transition from in college that are the toughest are uh, wide receiver and quarterback like yep. wide receiver theoretically you think wouldn't be that hard for a lot of these like studs but the nfl game is just like there's no freelancing it's all pure routes knowing where the ball is going to be knowing you know it, and it's, it's faster so too things yeah yeah like when you hear a lot of times like these players that come out of college as studs and then i mean the NBA is like, or the, sorry, the NFL is like such a crapshoot. You have players that you would think would are going to be great players in the NFL and they just are busts. And I think that happens so often just because the speed of the play in the NFL is just so much faster and it's such a big transition and some players just can't make it. Yeah. I Have you guys ever seen, I was just thinking about, I mean, everybody always says the transition from, you know, because all these guys are super great athletes but the transition is a lot hard a lot harder than people make it out to seem like going from basketball to football have you guys ever seen that video of Draymond Green trying to uh trying to play football yeah Yeah, he was at the spring game or whatever yeah we can clip it and I'll show the video on like the Instagram or something but I mean it looked he looks like a a deer in the headlights out there had no idea what he's doing because those those college and NFL playbooks are fucking humongous and like you have to do a ton of studying for those um not to say that basketball is just kind of running around a court and shooting, but there's just a lot more that goes into planning plays for, for football. I, I'd kind of like to get your guys' thoughts on this. I've always kind of felt like the NCAA uh, level at basketball was is like a lot harder because they really do play like a lot of defense and like they do a lot more like set plays and stuff. The NBA, I just feel like they don't play much defense and a lot of it's just kind of like dribble up and shoot. Well, I think for the NBA, the athleticism makes up for it versus, yeah. in, versus in the NCAA. Like, they need 
uh, more plays just because they're, they can't they can't just dribble up the court and pop threes. Um, versus the NBA players are so good at shooting and scoring these days that's like a lot of times these players don't need to play much defense to get a W. I mean, people were winning games like 150 to 130 last year, and they've been doing that because they can just put up numbers. I mean, that's the Houston Rockets whole game. They just outscore everyone. Yeah, and why would you need to play defense if it's working for you, if you're scoring points? Yeah, I think like the threshold for athleticism in the NBA is just like the floor is so significantly higher than it is in college. Like, I mean, college strategy can win. Like, good coaching can beat, like, talent, like, frequently. I mean, we saw with, like, well, Chicago. Yeah, I mean, look at how UVA plays. Like, UVA doesn't need to score 60 points. In fact, like, they prefer not to, but they'll hold you under four. You know, and it's all about just, like, controlling the game, playing the way you want to. Whereas in the NBA, it's like, you're going to be forced to fucking play athletically and fast just because that's how the game is yeah like the hornets can't like just come up with a great like game hornets plan talk and beat is the back. Warriors, stop I mean? dude what like <laughs> why, <laughs> why the fuck is, no we're not doing this again we're not fucking chirping the hornets it's it's hornets talk it's a segment Don't all right we want to do hornets talk no uh, not really Borrego <laughs> recently said that the team is on the right track Hornets are never on the right track. <laughs> Which I'm like, wow. All right, awesome. I'm glad that our GM is basically just being like, yeah, we're we're doing fine. I'm like, yeah. What the fuck else are you gonna say? Like, uh, all right, everything I've done, disaster. Uh, this isn't working. Also, James Bragger is our coach, not our GM. So, pardon me on that. But well, I also um, yeah, love we're off the right track. I love the fact that he just now said you're on the right track as if like, what, what track were you on before? <laughs> <laughs> we're on the Hornets track, dude. It goes left and right up and down, but it, it, it no always ends up in a going. failed season. Yeah. No one knows where it's going. There's no rhyme or reason to it. It just is what it is. If they're on the right track, they got to move back to the box. Is that what you guys called it? The cable stadium, or the hive, the hive, right? The hive. No, he called. No, he called it the cable box. box. The cable box. The cable box. It is Time Warner Cable Arena. The cable box. Well, it's now the Spectrum Center. That's what I'm saying. Bring back the box. It's also a cable company, so. <laughs> uh, but it it's not the same. Dude, teams would be so fucking intimidated to go play in the box. Like, dude, we're boxing you in right now. <laughs> dude, now I, I, I gotta admit, I'm uneducated on this. Do they even have fans? Like, do, do fans show up to the game, or is it just like, dude, the Hornets led the NBA in attendance three years in a row in the '90s. Like when '92, '93, '94, the Hornets were the fucking hot selling ticket. Larry Johnson, Alonzo Mourning, Muncy Bogues, Kendall Gill, like we were. People loved going to Hornets games. And then the team left and went to New Orleans. And, like, the Bobcats, you know, obviously a miserable failed experience. But, uh, yeah, when the Hornets are, like, good and, like, in playoff contention, people go to the games and, like, get loud. But it, it, it's never been the same. I mean, people, that's, that's Hornets talk. That's, people that's people love basketball in North Carolina, so that's not very surprising. I mean, they have such good college teams just – the pro teams fucking sucks. Yeah, I mean, Wake Forest, Davidson. Duke, North Carolina. 
No. No. <laughs> UNC Charlotte. <laughs> Eastern Carolina. Noted basketball oh, powerhouses. NC State. <laughs> Not Carolina, though. Duke, yes. Uh, okay. Enough Great. of Hornets talk, though. Stuff. We're done. We're done. We'll switch over to our last uh, last segment of the breaking news. Uh, Jamal Adams informed the Jets he wants to be traded. Gonzo, it looks like your uh, your prediction back from a few weeks ago might be coming true. Where he said uh, you said he might be going to Dallas. You still sticking by that? I'm sticking by it. I said it our first episode, and I'm sticking by it. I called bullshit when I heard that report, and now it's coming to fruition. It's happening, dude. Like the other teams that they threw out there. I mean, it's it's so obvious that he's so sick and tired of just losing with Adam Gase and like the Jets. Cause like every single team he listed off is a team that you could plug them in and they're a Super Bowl contender. Well, but I think I, he's going to Dallas. When his Dallas, I can tell you why it's not going to Dallas. Oh, God. Dallas is about to have to pay their third big time. Well, they still have to pay Amari. They still have to pay Jack Prescott. They've already paid Zeke. This is a team that is going to like have, at least 40% of the cap tied up in three players. They can't afford to lose the draft capital to go and get a Jamal Adams and then have to, to like have to pay Jamal Adams. It's just like long-term doesn't make sense. Uh, it, it, I mean, if they're responsible, unless they think that Jamal Adams is the only thing missing from the Cowboys winning a Super Bowl this year, it just doesn't make sense to me. He mentioned the Texans. I think they have a similar issue where – you know, you're paying Deshaun. Uh, you know, you already lost your first-round pick this year. You don't have uh, – wow, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. It's just like, can you really afford to give up another first? Baltimore, I think, for me, is the most fascinating thing because they do have the draft capital, but they've got picks out the Wazoo next year. They've got fours, five, sixes. They could pack – they could put together an interesting package – for New York, and that is a team, in my opinion, where you add Jamal Adams to the Baltimore defense, like, boom. Okay. If they're not the best team already, that puts them over the edge. Yeah. I think the biggest problem the Jets have is just, like, the organizational chaos in the sense of they're not willing to build anything, and they put out, like, all these different rumors. They're just constantly trying to get rich quick, and it's not working for them. Like, I remember when there were rumors flying around about – them wanting to trade Le'Veon Bell and he literally tweeted out like dude I knew what I was signing up for I joined the Jets because and I knew they sucked and I'm here for the rebuild right and so this whole idea of like we're going to trade as much as many assets as we can to try to get other assets it's like it's the you know same car just different paint you know and if you really want to make something successful they got to go all in and just try a rebuild because they're not doing that that's kind of like, yeah, I agree. They kind of remind me so much of the New York Knicks in basketball, like the way their organization is run, that they're just so incompetent with everything that they do. They'll come in, they'll try to bring in these big splash players, but they have nothing around them that's going to help them. Like, because exactly. like as good as Le'Veon Bell is, bringing Le'Veon Bell in by himself is not going to win you anything. Like you have to have yeah. a, a decent system around. And that's why the 49ers were so good because they were solid at every position. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I don't know what the Jets are doing, but honestly, I think trading Jamal Adams could actually be a good thing for them because if they can get a decent package, like some extra draft picks, they can really start to maybe rebuild. But 
But what are those draft picks going to do for them? They already flop on so many draft picks. Let at least so. It's well, like, I guess the more draft picks you have, like maybe inevitably you'll hit on a few of them. Yeah, but it's just like with them, I would have no faith in in, in yeah. drafting and pl- competent players because they haven't shown that I mean, ability the, to do. The Jets like nail their defense, though. They always draft well in defense. Yeah, and then they got rid of them all. The thing is, Adam the whole D line was awesome. Well, and their offense just always sucks. Yeah. yeah. Adam Gase is their head coach, and he's supposed to be an offensive guru. But every time I see them, unless they're playing against the Dallas Cowboys, they look like absolute trash. I'm still a Sam Darnold believer. Okay. Yeah, I think I think Darnold is like average. Like I don't think he's bad, but I do think he's like an NFL caliber starting quarterback. I just don't think he's. <laughs> this is the, his big year, though. I mean, year three, you really want to see that leap. Uh, he, I don't know. I mean, the wide receiver situation there is. It's rough, but who didn't they? They drafted Josh. I know you got me here. Didn't they draft a wide receiver this year? They did. Fuck. <laughs> oh, they got a. Oh no, I was thinking of what's his name for Philly, the boy, the TCU boy. Philly got Philly got they Rieger got, from TCU. Philly, Philly got Rieger. Jalen Rieger, dude, he's such a stud. People were like, oh, reach, reach. <laughs> nope. They got the uh, Mims. They took Mims from Baylor. Oh, yeah, that's a good pick. love Mims. Yeah. Oh, and and they got Makai Becton, which also comes with his father. So like, I oh mean, yeah, his dad. So not only did he get Mackay is that dad. the guy who was five eleven and went to Montana? No, no, <laughs> no. Doug, no Doug. This is, that was Dave this Dickinson. Dave Dickinson. <laughs> Dave Dickinson. Dave Montana Dickinson Jr. got drafted by the Jets. Dude, you think we get Dave Dickinson on the pod? I definitely we could. I gotta, I gotta reach out to my insider sources at Montana and see if I can get Dave Dickinson. Hey, Watts, what's the fucking update on Jerry Rice? Uh, no update. Still, still not. Still has. Oh responded. wow! Doesn't sound like any update. <laughs> no. Um, I was gonna say that like, uh, but I for me like I I think draft capital is nice, but. In all honesty, I'd rather trade for sh- – I'll always rather trade for a sure thing than a pick. Um, you know, like you look what the Bears did with Khalil Mack. Obviously, they didn't hit on their quarterback, so that didn't really help him out that much. But, I mean, Khalil Mack is going to be – is better already than any of the draft picks they could have had with that pick. Um, and so, like, well, there's I – There's a lot to factor in there, though. Khalil Mack is also making, like, $15 million a year. Like – it's not just black and white, you know. But either way, I think he's I think he's worth he's worth losing some of the potential uh, for someone because I mean, how many times how many times does a, a star athlete like Khalil Mack just come around and become available? Like you're not you just don't get that many opportunities in the NFL, especially when it's a league. You know, all sports leagues are like this, but you know, you only have a, a small window of time to to do something with your players and, and make yeah. something of your team. No, I mean, I, I think it was the so. right move for the bears, especially, you know, I mean, they thought they were a super bowl contender and I like the addition of false there. You know, they very well could do something like that. And the Khalil Mack is like, you know, he's the guy who can win you a game single-handedly. So, uh, I, as much as I think it was a good move for the Bears, I also think it was a good move for the Raiders too. Because At the time, like, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got so much back, and I mean, there's like another point to be made. Like, I I definitely agree with you, Nick. Like, I'm I would always like much rather have a a sure thing player than draft picks. But like, the Lions had a similar thing with that this year, where like Darius Slay 
their star corner. He was going to be a free agent anyway. He was going to walk, so you might as well get something for him than nothing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's definitely a different scenario. But well, didn't they re-sign Darius Slay? No, they no. traded him to Philly. Philly. What? God, I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, um, yeah, I was just thinking about, like, and also I don't know why teams in the NFL don't make more trades because, I mean, you can get a really decent player for, like, a fourth or fifth round draft pick. I mean, it's kind of insane. The yes, Eagles you have got to pay Slay them. for a third, and Slay's, like, a top five corner in the league. Like, yeah, yeah, and – and they have them for – I mean, you have to pay them, but if they, if your cap works out and, you know, you can pay the guy, like, I don't see why not, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And to- I'm just – I would just never fucking trade or draft a running back. Those guys are just, like, the worst fucking – I never understand – I never understand running back uh, – people that, like, select running backs for their NFL team because you can get a solid running back late in rounds – not have to pay him very much. And meanwhile, all these running backs are trying to get super, super high contracts just to get injured two years after they sign them. It's like, what's the point of that? Sorry, guys. Go ahead. Delvin Cook right now. What? Are you taking shots at Delvin Cook? I'm taking shots at any running back that wants money. Like, it's not, it's nothing personal against them. Like, I, I like the running backs. Like, I was happy that Melvin Gordon got paid. I just didn't want the 49ers to pay him, you know, that sort of thing. I was fuck. I was pissed off that we signed Jarek fucking McKinnon to a ridiculous contract. He hasn't even touched the field for us yet. Well, he restructured his deal though to like not get cut this year. Yeah. Yeah. No, and to piggyback on Kuzi's comment earlier, Jamal Jeremy Fowler reported that Jamal Adams wants to get paid well above twenty million a year. Oh yeah. His market's gonna be so low. Is I don't think anyone's gonna pay him twenty million a year. That's why I think Portland makes sense, man. I mean, they don't have to pay Lamar for another year. Uh, he won't you know, get 20 it, mil, though. No, he won't get 20 mil, but you drop 20 mil and then you settle for 16. Yeah. You know, with like five five years, 80 mil with like 50 guaranteed. And that's, I mean, I'm willing to pay that for a guy like Jamal Adams. It's kind of, I don't know, I guess it's a lot of scheme, like, you know, where, where does he fit in? I saw he mentioned uh, Kansas City as a potential landing spot. I don't they think have no they cap. that. Well, I mean, they, they've got some money, but they've – I mean, it's going to be tied up here with, you know, Tyreek, Travis, and uh, Mahomes. and Pat Mahomes. So, I don't think that's a, a big spot there. I don't think Houston makes sense. Philly, I – Philly I mean, just paid a ton wins. of money to slay, too. Slay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that works there. So, I don't know. I mean – like the Jets just don't have a lot of leverage at this point, and I don't know. I think Jamal Adams is just going to wind up having to deal with it and stay in uh, New York. Even if it is just a one-year rental, though, it would make perfect sense for for the Ravens, just because that team is already really, really well built. So Adams one won't more play piece, on a like, one-year rental, though. He's got two more years. Two more years. Well, oh, two so more years to... plus the uh, plus the fifth-year rookie. Yeah. Uh, option he'll sure. hold out though before he takes that yeah yeah he's getting his money yeah but then again said the, the jets are not trading him yeah because yeah because now he's in the he, he put himself in the pigeonhole there because now he's gonna have to uh if he does demand a trade and they they trade him then he's he's fucked because the other team's gonna have all the leverage um and it, 
if he doesn't want to pay play, then he's just going to pull another Le'Veon Bell, and that's probably going to hit his market value. Well, yeah, I mean, I I think it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens with him. I don't know. I would probably be of the mindset that he's going to stay with the Jets too. Can we talk about Cam Newton again? Because it's just so fucking frustrating that he hasn't gotten signed yet. And I don't understand why people don't like him. Like, he is a good NFL quarterback. And for well, I some can tell reason, you why Cam Newton's not signed. Uh, like, tell me the team right now that it makes sense. The Bears. Well, not right now. But now they, have, they have Nick Foles. The Bears aren't going to sign Cam Newton because then, like, it's just, you know, they want Jimmy G to feel like Jimmy G's the guy. I think New England. Gonna get signed. New England doesn't want to sign him because New England, A, they want to see what they have with Stidham. And if Stidham sucks, then they're like, fine, we'll take one year off and we'll get our quarterback. Um, I mean, you've got uh, Trevor Lawrence. Justin Fields. Justin Fields and the guy from North Dakota State. Like, Yeah, that New trade lands from North Dakota State good. Taken, he threw 28 touchdowns and no picks last year. Like, he's a fucking stud. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't see any team right now where Cam Newton makes sense to go to. He's not, he doesn't want to be a backup. He knows he's like good enough to not be a backup. I think he's waiting and like seeing what happens. Someone's going to get hurt either in the preseason or the first five weeks of the season, and he'll go there, immediately walk into the starter's job, boom. But that's the situation. The thing that I think bothered if it were me, me if I if I were the LA Chargers, I wouldn't I would take him and let um uh Herbert sit for a year. That'd be a good move. I just remember like so or not remember, but I was saw this thing on ESPN. You know, ESPN always puts up the like dumbest shit on earth. And uh they did a redraft. Um they did a redraft of the NFL. Basically you had to pick a quarterback and then you could pick like three more star players uh in the league to you know, start your team. And Cam Newton got drafted 36 and the quarterbacks above him, like have like, I would, I would, I can't believe that people are actually taking Ryan Tannehill before Cam Newton. Like someone took like the Minnesota reporter took Ryan Tannehill at 25 before Cam Newton, who was a league MVP, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Won a national championship, probably made a ton of pro bowls. Like, the idea that people are putting more stock into like Teddy Bridgewater, Tannehill, even like they were putting more stock into rookies. And yes, obviously they have high ceilings like Tua or uh, Joe Burrow, but you don't know what they're going to be like yet. So I just can't believe that people are putting more stock into unknowns or just like quarterbacks that have had bad, um, bad track records in the past over, over Cam Newton. It just doesn't make sense to me. So I get teams not wanting to shake up, especially good teams not wanting to shake up, you know, their, the chemistry of their team. But for the young teams that, like, are still building, why not bring in Cam Newton? Even if you're, like – even if you are the Bengals or the Chargers, as you mentioned, and you have your rookie quarterback, don't you think it would be cool to have a guy in there who's played football for he's – a, he's a veteran in the league now. He's 31. He's played football for a long time. He could probably help out a lot of rookie quarterbacks right now. I mean, again, what it comes down to, A, I don't think Cam Newton wants a backup job. B, Cam Newton's missed over 20 games the last two years combined. It's like the NFL is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. 
I don't think people want to pay Cam Newton a bunch of money for a guy who hasn't been healthy in a couple of years and you could argue just by his age could be past his prime. Um, but, and, but you know, if his legs aren't – what? Why is it just him, though? Like, for example, right? I mean, Teddy I mean Jameis took one year's five mil, dude. Like, the quarterback market just wasn't there for, you know – you like, know where everyone I think, wants a young guy. You know where I think would make perfect sense for Cam? Washington, with Ron Rivera as their coach now, and Dwayne Haskins obviously sucks. Like, Yeah, that should be a good mix. I like that. But, like, it's, it's only – it's weird just because he's the only quarterback that seems to get tagged with, like, the injury prone. Meanwhile, it's like oh, Aaron Rodgers gone through a lot of injuries. Deshaun Watson sat out for a year. Teddy Bridgewater sat out for a year. Um, let's see. Trying to like Nick Foles had a bunch of injuries. Like how how are these guys not tagged? But for some reason Cam is. Like that that's also the other thing that bothers me. Like obviously, yes, he's probably a little bit past his prime, but thirty one for a quarterback, I mean that's right that's right in the zone. I mean I mean Teddy's like four years younger. He hasn't gotten hurt. He went five and zero as a starter last year. Uh and he signed for three sixty, three years sixty mil. Like Nick Foles, he got paid last year, and you know I don't know how I feel about that contract. I'm kind of shocked the Bears traded for it, but it's just like a different market for him. I mean, I trust me, Cam Newton will get signed this year. Someone will get hurt, and Cam will get like a one-year, eight million dollar deal to play like twelve games. And I hope he balls out and gets his big free agent deal after that. But that's just his situation. Yeah. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Um, I know that was kind of a long segment, but we're going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to do our first installment of our conference previews for college football as we dive into the Pac-12. Stay with us. are back on episode four of the nosebleeds podcast presented by old growth sports uh as i said before the break we're going to go ahead and dive into pac-12 football uh this is going to be a weekly segment we do for the next five weeks uh where we break down the 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 five power five conferences uh for college football and kind of give our takes on uh what we think is going to happen this season who we think has the best chance to win it um you know just kind of talk about those conferences a little bit so uh, like I said, Pac-12 is where we're going to start it off. Um, and yeah, you know, I I love watching the Pac-12. I don't know about you guys, but by the way, can we be the first podcast to put to to fight against conference fucking allegiance? Like, I'm so tired of people being like rooting for their conference, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's half the, half your conference is your rival. Like, I never root for the Big Ten. What the fuck? Do, I don't care how fucking Ohio State does. The only State people does. who do that are people who root for shitty teams in, in their conference. Like, yeah, because then they feel better like, about like all the like teams they lost It's to. like all like Mississippi State fans. <laughs> yeah, like Vanderbilt's like SEC. SEC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, I get so fucking annoyed by that because I'm like, dude, just root for your team. It's, this whole, like, lining up with your conference is just ridiculous. Like, 
They, you, I never am like NFL, NFL. I never Gonzo, do that shit. Are yeah. you in the? Uh, are you in the Conference USA? You yeah. in CUSA? Yeah. I thought you were the Atlantic Sun. All right, but anyways, Pac-12 preview. Uh, I was shocked, so I did some research for this. Yeah, big deal. Um, but. I saw a bunch of reports coming out that like people loved Cal as their dark horse, which yeah. it always seems, especially like, especially in the PAC 12, like it was Utah last year. Whenever they make these predictions, it never works out. And especially for Cal, like they've got a good coach with the, uh, Justin Wilcox and they're betting on this quarterback, Chase Garbers. But look, I've been around, I've watched a lot of Cal football, you know, being from the Bay area, like just, Seeing them and all the talent that they've wasted, I would have zero faith in that team. Because if you think about it, they've had some of the best NFL talent in all of college football and have done nothing with it. Marshawn Lynch, Aaron Rodgers, Tony Gonzalez, uh, let's see. Deshaun. Deshaun Jackson. Um, And so, like, you just go down the list. I mean, even Keenan Allen, Jared Goff, and they've just burned through it. They've had no success. So maybe this coach can turn it around, but just definitely not this year. Um, even with the departure of Justin Herbert, I still like Oregon just because they, I mean, right now when it comes to Pac-12 football, they're getting every single recruit. USC is no longer like the top dog. And I mean, they got one recruit and like the top, what are they? They were like 73rd in the country for recruiting last year. USC might not even play for all we know. Um, too. So what do you mean? Well, didn't their uh, their dean or whatever say that they're not they coming back? And- no, yeah. uh, they said they were coming back, so they canceled it, and then they said that well, oh. they're coming back. Yeah, cowards. Yeah, um, why would why would you cancel it in like May? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was like I, April. <laughs> it was super. It was super long ago. We are not um, coming back in the fall because of COVID concerns. Five months from now, but then they were like, "Oh, but we need some money, so let's yeah. do it." Um, but yeah, so I would still, I would say right now it's like, you know, Stanford's always going to pretty much compete. They had a down season last year, but with David Shaw, it's like, it's just a machine. They're probably going to go like, I don't know, nine and three. And KJ um, Costello is a good quarterback too. He's been there for a while. He's all right in my opinion, but I'm excited for the Oregon Ohio state game. I was looking at good. that. That's going to be a good game. Um, but, yeah, I still think even without Justin Herbert, Oregon's still probably going to be the best team in that conference. Um, I'd say right now you have a lot of teams on the hot seat too, um, especially because they hired, like, these big coaches, you know, Chip Kelly, Herm Edwards, um, Kevin Sumlin. Herm Those are the guys. Edwards has really turned around ASU. It's, like, been amazing to see how they've improved in just, you know, a few years. Yeah. Uh, Dude, that, so that I was, hire like, got like widely panned too. Everyone was like, "Oh yeah, you know why are you hiring like a dude who's in his mid sixties who, you know, hasn't coached at the college level in like two decades?" And sure enough, it's like, well, because he, he kind of knows football, and he had some big <laughs> wins last year. They beat Michigan State. They beat yeah. Oregon. I oh, mean, dude, what was that like? Nine to six or six to three? Ten like, to seven. <laughs> dude, that game. I I think I lost. A decent amount of units on that one. Uh, I just oh remember God. like checking the score, and it was like seven to three in the fourth quarter. Like, what the fuck? 
But, yeah, I think one of those teams – so I think Arizona, Arizona State, or UCLA is going to be like your dark horse there, and then the other two teams are going to drop off and someone's going to get fired. That's my opinion. Because UCLA, if I, if I recall, they, they kind of stormed back. They, they, had a, they, were, they had like zero wins or one win maybe, and then like at the end of the season, without anybody noticing, obviously, they kind of pulled together at the end and had a few wins. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if some of those teams um, start coming back. The biggest problem with Pac-12 competition, though, is it's just so even. So a lot of times people will like maul the Pac-12 because of like their records. But what's actually happening is it's not like the rest of the conferences where you have like one or two absolute powerhouses and then just dog shit. For them, it's just like all these teams are just beating each other up on a week-to-week basis. So it's it's really tough for a team to really come out of the woodworks and uh, and and get a hold of the get a hold of the ranking. So. Yeah, and I, I agree. So I'll get into it in a second. I'm going to take Utah to win the league, but I'll get into it in a second. But I think it's like, I don't want to hear any disrespect towards the Pac-12, especially, and like, until we also admit that like the Big 12 is not any good either. I mean, like people yeah. say that the Pac-12 the ACC is, sucks. Yeah, like people say that the Pac-12 is bad, but the ACC literally has nobody outside of Clemson. The Big 12 gets embarrassed every year in the college football playoffs. They've yet to win a college football playoff game. Like, the, the other leagues are not – other than the Big Ten and the SEC, the other three leagues are not that good. And honestly, I think the Pac-12 is a lot deeper than the Big 12 or the ACC. I think the Pac-12 is a lot deeper than a lot of conferences. I mean, dude, you look at the Big Ten and the SEC, they're both super overinflated, right? Like, if you look down the list of SEC teams, what's happening in the SEC right now is you have all these teams that used to be good, so people still consider them to be good. So mm-hmm. the problem with – so people are like, oh, man, the SEC is playing some tough competition. They have to go against Tennessee this week. Well, it's like Tennessee hasn't been good since 1998, dude. Like, you know, yeah. you, you look down the conference schedules and, like, these teams maybe used to be good a while ago, and so people still hold them in high regard, but they're just not anymore. Um, and that's the thing that really bothers me. You know, South Carolina is another example. Like, yeah, they they were they used to be good like ten years ago, not anymore. So and it happens in the Big Ten too. Look at Nebraska, um, and Nebraska hasn't been good in in years. So what what's happening right now is those two conferences are getting overinflated, um, and the other the other three conferences are also at a at like a power struggle, right? It's just like the people at the top. We talked about it with the college football playoff in college football right now. There's only a few teams competing. So yeah. 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 So yeah, for me, I think, um, I think I'll take Utah to win the league. I mean, they obviously took a huge step last year. I mean, I, I also wouldn't be surprised if they regressed, like it's one of those things I think it could go either way, but they've got eight, uh, all conference selections, um, which is the most they, they were so good last year because of their defense. Like they were able to hold teams and, you know, PAC 12 has quite a few high powered offenses, at least in that league their defense was able to keep them in games and help them win it. Like they had a pretty dynamic offense too. Um, I forget the quarterback's name, but he was pretty good. But, but yeah, the, I think, I think I'll take Utah. Again. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see them win the league this year. I think that they're a team, <clears throat> a team that's definitely on the rise. Um, but the thing is like Nick said, and it was a good point. Like they beat each other up so much. I still, even if they, whoever wins the league, I would be surprised if they made the playoffs because everybody in that league is going to end up with a loss or two. 
So the problem with Utah, though, and I was looking it up, mm-hmm. a ton of those guys are leaving. So I think it was like 10 guys on that defense are graduating. So they're going to have to come up with some more players. So I hate to stop you on that track. I think, I think the quarterback is, uh, is also oh. gone. Yeah, he signed with Baltimore. Then Buffalo drafted Zach Moss, and those are the that was their two-headed offensive, you know, monster right there. So. Yeah, but but Utah was definitely known like last year for how good their defense was, and they I, they might have lost some players, but like eight all-conference selections is no joke, you know. Yeah, but defense can only take you so far when you have question marks coming into the year at quarterback and running back now. So. So, Gonzo, who are you picking to win it this year? I, mean, I think it's easy. Oregon's going to take the dub. I know Oregon lost four out of the five offensive linemen that they did have on their team, but the one that is returning, and I could be totally fucking this guy's up name, Penay So Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Penay, Penay Sewell or something like that. Yeah, yeah he, he's like – some. I saw today, like, they, they said he might be the most NFL-ready guy in, in – I'll call Paul. Yeah, he's a monster. They're talking about him being like the first overall pick in the draft next year, which says a lot considering that you got like Lawrence and Fields coming out. Um, in terms of the South Division, I like I said, I don't think Utah's taking it. I think Arizona State's underrated. I just think they're well coached, but I do like USC, even though I know you guys like absolutely shit on them. Um, no, so- I don't. I don't shit on USC. I like USC. I just. I just. I, I think they lost a lot of their lust, you know, like players aren't going there anymore. That's the difference between Oregon and Utah and uh, the rest of the Pac-12. The reason why I like Oregon is because they still have the steady stream of recruits. Uh, and that's what you need in college football. And a lot of these other teams just aren't getting those, those recruits anymore because Oregon's scooping them all up. Plus, you know, the Alabamas, Ohio States, and Clemsons of the world are coming into California and swooping those recruits up too. Um, and so, you know, that's why I, I like Oregon a lot this year. Yeah. Uzi, you have any thoughts on this? I mean, I'm going to keep it slow to this guy. Uh, <laughs> obviously, USC will probably, you know, get off to a hot start and then blow it against Oregon State, like 41-38, you know, bring it back to the old days. Yeah. But, uh I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, the Pac-12, not really my bag. You know, I was a Justin Herbert guy. He won me a lot of money at the Rose Bowl. Saw it happen. Uh, oh, Nick Watts, you were there too. Loser. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll roll with my boy Keaton. I'll take USC. Yeah, I like USC a lot. I think that, I mean, their first game is definitely a biggie. That's Alabama, right? And against They're going to lose by 50. Let's not pretend yeah, that's a gonna game. Yeah, they're going to get killed. They're going to get killed. They're not going to lose by 50. Last time they played, they lost 52 to three. And this team is better than that team. So, I mean, God forbid they actually do win. And like, they're not going to win. But play play along right now. If they beat Alabama, right, then they got a gimme at New Mexico. They have a couple of other tough games. But if they beat Alabama, this, whatever his name, Slovis, whatever. Keaton Slovis. Yeah, he's going to. Dude, USC is gonna blow up. It's they're gonna be all over ESPN Sports Center. This I can tell you, they, they want the USC to be good. Yeah, I'll tell you what would be the most USC thing ever would be for them to beat Alabama and then lose to New Mexico. Like, there's yeah. no way. <laughs> like if they beat Alabama, I would not be at all surprised to see them lose to to New Mexico. I think I actually I want USC to be good. I like when the old like old school football teams that used to be good come back. You know, I want I like. 
I think college football is better when you have more people to hate. Like, I love rooting against Texas, Notre Dame. Uh, even I, I actually like Miami, so I don't root against them. But like when Miami's back, when Nebraska's good again, when you know when all these teams come back, it's it's more fun to watch college football. So I mean, personally, I'd like to see um, I'd like to see USC get good, get good again. I just don't have faith in their recruiting, and also it's just the level of passion at USC is gone. It's not what it used to be. And that's honestly a lot of what drives college football programs is just like the fan base and the energy around them. You know, if Alabama has a down season, like last year they had a down season, they'll fucking come at your house with pitchforks. Like if they don't play versus at USC, it's like, why would they come to my house with pitchforks? No, (laughs) shut the fuck up. Um, Versus at USC, if they go four and eight, no one's really going to care that much. You know, uh, they're just going to be like, well, I'm, I'll just go to the beach, you know. So, yeah, it's tough. Well, I think we've thoroughly covered Pac-12 football. Who knows? I mean, that's like definitely I think it's up in the air uh, for who's going to win that. It's like the it SEC and the Big the Ten, it's part. like a lot of years pretty much predetermined who's going to be competing at the, in the championship games in those leagues. Like in the Big Ten, it's always Ohio State, ACC's Clemson. I mean, but Pac-12 is kind of the toss-up. Where is Gonzo? Gone. Okay. He's Gonzo. <laughs> well, then I guess that's a good time to go ahead and take our last break. Uh, hopefully, Gonzo is going to be back on the other side of this break. But um, when we come back, we're going to do our best beats. Uh, last week, we did bad beats. This week, we're going to do best wins uh, betting. So we'll see what everyone has to say. Um and that'll be right after the break. Yeah, that's for sure. So if I put your hands where my eyes can't see, then you're the one who's got a hold on me. No, I can be responsible. Responsible. It ain't my Okay, we are back, uh, coming to the end of episode four of the Nosebleeds podcast, presented by Old Row Sports. Uh, Gonzo has reappeared, so that's nice. Um, we're going to go ahead and do our best wins sports betting, as I said. Um, so if anyone wants to start us off, I guess, Koozie, you want to go ahead and start then? Um... Did I mention the Louisiana Tech game, the onside kick? No. Okay. So I won a pretty big bet last season. I think it was Louisiana Tech. It might have been FIU, actually, or maybe FAU. I think I had Louisiana Tech like minus seven and a half. They were up seven. Um, I can't remember who they were playing. But the other team onside kicked the ball with like 40 seconds left. Louisiana Tech recovers it, returns it for a touchdown. So if they had oh, just recovered it, yeah, if they recovered it, they would have just taken a knee game over, but got it, ran it all the way back, touchdown, cover, and I think the overhit on the on that play too. It was absolute chaos. It's a, but it's a good thing Todd Gurley wasn't involved in that game or he'd have slid at the one and Gonzo would have been in his DMs. I lost money on that. <laughs> yeah, that was fucking brutal. <laughs> that was not cool. 
Gonzo, Kuzi, do you your, ever go your... into uh, players' DMs and talk about their fantasy performances? No, I would never ever yeah. do that. I think That'd that's be, just Gonzo. Fucking weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go- Wait, Gonzo, before we get to your, I do have to ask, is Todd Gurley like the only player you've ever done that to? Or like how, definitely is this a, is this a reoccurring issue for you or? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like he's just the only one I could think of off the top of my head just because like he was purposely falling down at the one yard line so much. But no, yeah, it's happened multiple times. I just don't know everybody off the top of my head. <laughs> I'm shocked their DMs are still open, to be honest. Like yeah. if I were an athlete, I would definitely not have my DMs open. That's insane. Yeah. Or does Instagram does Instagram make you keep them open? Because I, I think you can Twitter send you anyone a message, but then it just goes to like oh yeah, request yeah. thing. That, yeah. that request kind of box kind of thing. Yeah. And I don't think they ever yeah. accept my request. So. <laughs> Can't imagine <Yeah>. why. <laughs> okay, Gonzo, what's your best win for uh for betting? All right, so my best win is a little bit of an emotional one. So it was a uh, Kobe's last game. They were playing against the Utah Jazz. Oh, baby. What a fucking game. 61? Yeah. yeah. I I hammered his his point total. It was at 18 and a half. So he beat it by, like, halftime, and the rest, like, you just kind of, like, sit back and watch, like, you know, history unfold before your eyes kind of thing. It was probably the easiest bet when I've ever had. But, I mean, given, like, everything that's happened over, like, the last couple of months and shit, it's a little bit emotional, too, so. But I hammered it. I, I won. I don't even know how much money off of it. I was watching the Warriors game that day. Oh, that was oh. when they were going for 73, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was like at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course I'm going to watch that. For them. Badly. Good. But yeah. it was also bullshit because Draymond Green should not have gotten suspended. Uh, if, he, if he didn't get suspended, we would have walked away with the championship that year. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, my best win is probably. I mean, obviously, I'm a Detroit Lions fan, which is just a miserable, miserable uh, thing for me. Just every year, just constant disappointment. But uh, week three, a couple years ago, they hosted the New England Patriots on Sunday Night Football. Matt Patricia's third game as the head coach. Uh, no one gave him a shot, and they ended up blowing out New England like handily. Uh, I think they beat them by like 20 points. Um, so that was pretty good. Pretty good win. Uh, nobody gave him a shot, but yeah. Then the next week they went back to their losing ways. So this will be his third year, right? So he's probably not as hot. He's, yeah, he is. Well, yeah. a lot of people wanted him fired after last year. I definitely was not on the bandwagon for that. I think he should get another year, um, especially with like Stafford being injured for most of the year. But if they have yeah. another bad year, he's got to go. Yeah. Dude, people. I mean. Turnover is necessary in the NFL, but man, people just do not let teams rebuild. And it's just like, dude, it does not, it takes way more than just a year or two to come back in the NFL. Like you got, it takes four or five years. And the Lions are kind of a tough situation because the coaching style like of that Matt Patricia wants the Lions to play at is so different from what they were playing at before with Jim Caldwell. So there were a lot of players that they had to kind of get rid of because they weren't buying into Patricia's like scheme or whatever. So you have yeah. to like let him get time to get his players in there that are going to run his, you know, run his system. So I think he's kind of got that now. It'll be interesting to see what happens this year with them, but he's well, on the hot sake, seat for sure. I, I hope they're good for your sake. I hope they are too, but yeah. they're probably not going to be. Never are. Lions are one of those fan bases where I just feel bad. 
like it's like the Browns, Lions, like they just yeah, never Lions, good. Lions, Browns, Bills, like all nice people, all terrible teams. And I like yeah. just hope that they 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 play well one year. Yeah, haven't won a division since 1993. Jeez. <laughs> all right, we've already been recording for uh, quite a while, um, so we're gonna go ahead and pass on a mailbag segment this week. But um, I hope you'll definitely go ahead and send those. Uh, uh, DMs and voice messages in for the mailbag uh, for future episodes. But before we go, I do, I'm getting word that, uh, that Gonzo's got a little bit uh, of beef that he's got to get off his chest. He's got a problem with Nick sounds like. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and give him the floor here. I want to put Nick Watts on the hot seat. Ooh. Yeah. So okay. for, for those that don't know, we're recording this in the morning. And I texted Nick Watts last night. Oh, my God. Dude, I was so obliterated. I was so obliterated. Oh, my God. Don't even. Don't even. I yeah, re- so I texted, I texted Gonzo. So, Gonzo last night, uh, I was just not, I was just not in the, the, right, the right space to answer yeah. his question. He says, what's your schedule like to record? And I said, tomorrow, dumb fuck. <laughs> And then he said, ha ha, all right, bet. Yeah, because I'm leaving to the Keys tomorrow afternoon. And I you said, are? I said, yeah. what do you mean? Speak oh, English. Oh, I got you. Wow, what? <laughs> and either way, he's like, I'm dr-. and then he explained the whole thing. I said, okay, LOL, yeah, tomorrow. And I said, sorry, LOL, this morning. I felt bad, obviously. This was just like, I got into two. I started, dude, what happened was the day started out very smoothly. I got high, went on a hike with my friends. Then it started to wear off. And then I started drinking. But I think because I wasn't yet like sober from smoking, I didn't realize how many I put down. And so I got to the bar and I was like, whoa, holy shit. Like I am just, I'm like 12 deep right now. And I just did not process that until, and then I just, I ended up leaving the bar at like 11 or so. I just had to get out of there. Um, but yeah. Fun night last night. Jeez. No, I knew. I'm telling you, like the way that I interpreted it when I woke up this morning, I'm like, okay, so I reached out to Nick, and then he just responded like, "Sup, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah, it was like, oh, speak English, like dumb fuck, and I'm like, oh, what <laughs> was I speaking before? <laughs> um. Dude, I, I'm actually normally very good at not texting people when I'm drunk, but last night I think you were one you were one and then this other person and like I was just being aggressive for some reason on text. But hey man, way she goes sometimes. Way she fucking goes. Yeah. Well, Gonzo, I gotta say I'm just I'm glad that you got the opportunity to go ahead and get that off your chest. Um you know, I know that was tough, so <laughs> all right. Um that brings us to at the end of episode four of the Nosebleeds podcast presented by Old Row Sports. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. Uh, make sure to go give us a follow on Instagram at Old Row Nosebleeds. Uh, make sure you DM us or uh, uh, call into the voicemail line with any mailbag questions or stories, whatever. The mailbag number, uh, voicemail number is 406-616-2280. Um, and like I said, you can also go ahead and just DM us on our Instagram. Um, 
again, thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Oh, next week, by the way, we have a very special guest coming on to discuss the Big Ten, so you won't want to miss that. We'll announce it later this week. So uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. I